0: Welcome, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast today. Hey, look, uh, the, everything's happening. They're finally getting the big race of the year, the Tour de France coming up. And with that, we thought we would put out a great preview show talking about the riders, the teams, some of the route. We already did a route preview with Jonathan Scriven. Check that out. Uh, so on today's show, episode 190, we are bringing in uh, Mike Sayers. You know him. You love him. He's a former Tour <laughs> pro. He's been with BMC. He's a coach. He's been with USA Cycling. He is the man behind the podcast uh, interviews with the Gruppetto. Mike Sayers, welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast and as always, uh, thank you, you're you're one of my favorites. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love being here. Every time I'm here, I love being here. Good. Well, hopefully we have another love fest going on today. So let's talk about the Tour de France. First of all, um, just let's throw some things out there. Um, Very compact season so far, obviously it's been pretty exciting. Um, a few things you were going to be working with the Olympic team. Obviously the Olympics got put back. Um, what's, what's your status right now with USA cycling and that whole thing. And then what's been your take on the season thus far, the, the post lockdown.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So right now, um, I, I got laid off very early in the COVID process and, um, and then most of the coaches after me kind of have been laid off. So USA cycling's kind of at a really skeleton crew last night, uh, up to this point. And in all honesty, I, I can't tell you where it stands. It, it, um, Mm. there's just a lot of, I don't know right now, which is the same for you and for me and for most people out there in their everyday lives is we're just not really clear on what's happening. So for right now, um, I don't have a real good answer on what's going to happen with, uh, USA Cycling's Devo programs and their national team programs. Those are questions for some of the upper management and really the only people officially working at USC Cycling right now, as far as I understand it, are upper management. So the athletic department went from something like, you know, 30 people to four. There's literally like four people working. Um, And those are upper, upper management people. So for right now, we're just on hold. And it's disappointing, especially, I think, most for the juniors. Uh, You know, mainly I was with the under 23s and the elites. And those guys generally can take care of themselves or their teams can take care of them. Although I, I'm sure there's some holes left by USA Cycling not being there for sure, but it really, really hurts the junior and the women's programs the most. I think that's that's really my personal opinion.
0: Oh, that that would make sense. So, what's the what's the process for? I mean, they, they named they announced the Olympic team. Um, is there going to be any reshuffling because it's obviously pushed off till 2021? And I'm assuming you'll at some point get rehired back for for that. Um, But is there going to be any reshuffling or is the team's already set for that?
1: That's a really good question. And I think um, that's a little bit of an unknown because I don't take care of that part of it. The selection process is done by Jeff Pierce and Jim Miller. Um, And so I think from the women's side, I'm pretty sure. Well, well, first of all, the long team is picked. So because of the rules governing WADA, World Anti-Doping and uh, USOC and IOC, the long team that they released is basically that's it. Those are the athletes that will be chosen. There's probably a few athletes that are not very happy with that selection and they may be, they may be, I want to stress, may be pursuing legal action. I, again, that's not my department, but that's their freedom to do that. And I think, as, as I understand it, that might be happening on both the men's and the women's side. So that may change the long team, but no one is going to come from outside of that long team and work their way in at this point. It's that that part of it is a done deal.
0: Gotcha. And a little deviation, because I heard and I was asked and interested in this question, because kind of the resurgent or the, the new American on the scenes right now has been uh, Sep Cus, And um, I wasn't sure what the status was for him. And I think you're only taking a few, you know, uh, elite riders, and they're also doing the time trial. Is that correct? Am I? Yeah. So, okay. so the Sep
1: was actually in the select. He was in right. the long team selection. There's actually one or two other riders that have had really good results in this condensed season. Um, that are probably a little more frustrated with the process at this point. Although, when the long team was selected, you would have probably never known that. You you may have, but there's no guarantee. Uh, but for example, like Quinn Simmons was left off in today. As of today, he he was top 10 at the Tour of Britannia, right. stage one today, which I will tell you, uh, that area is one of my favorite areas in all of the world, especially for cycling. And those stages, especially around, in and around Plue are or, or or that Britannia area are really quite difficult. And for him to be top 10 today really says something.
0: Yeah, it's very impressive. Uh- First of all, let's talk about the route. So uh, my friend Jonathan and I had already gone through the route in detail, stage by stage. Yeah. You've obviously got a different perspective than, than what we would have. So why don't you give us an overview of what you think about the, the route that was produced for the 2020 Tour de France. Obviously the highlights, uh, no Alpe d'Huez, no Ventoux, uh, no time trials, no team time trials, set for the last one day individual time trial up La Planche de Belfi. Um, out in Pinot's hometown, suspicious. Yeah, for that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my my <laughs> take is is always that the, the route is produced to try to give some French rider uh, the benefit of, of of anything, and maybe trying to Enios Sky Lance proof it as much as possible. Um, and it's always difficult to do that against a, a great rider. So, what's your take on the route and some of the highlights that you see out there?
1: Well, clearly missing a team time trial and regular, uh, some more regular type traditional time trials is really going to hurt uh some riders i think that uh, they did design the course more towards let's say Philippe we'll just kind of insert that you know some people may say pinot but actually pinot is like it, i mean he he's <laughs> he's actually riding quite well right now right. so um i mean i think that i think that it hurts i actually think lack of time trials this year hurts quite a few guys and quite a few teams um some are going to be better than others, but even even what we'll probably end up talking about right now, the team that's in kind of pole position, the Jumbo Visma guys. I mean, if they had more time trials, the tour would actually favor those guys, of course, <laughs> because because they have Damoulian, they have um, you know they have Sep who actually time trials really well. They have Rolich, probably at this point. Yeah, they have Guess Guessink, they have Tony Martin. They, I mean, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded with time trial guys. So. No time trials is going to be, I guess, kind of a disappointment. But because I actually lived in Nice when I was working at BMC and I was riding there. So if you look at how the route actually kind of it almost does like a double Alps dip in a way because right. they hit the those mo- most southern Alps, which they don't hit a lot um, with in the beginning of the race. So there's going to be some definitive stages right off. And then they never really go to the north. They never go to Britannia, which is really, really disappointing because that's, like, the most cycling mecca place in all of France. Um, But I think then Britannia makes up for it because they have their own race this week, which is dedicated to the World Tour guys. Um, Anyway, I I think that lack of time trials is really going to change. And then you and I were just speaking off camera about this new climb, the Col de Lowe's. The Col de Lowe's was – I've I've had the – Pleasure, air quotes, pleasure of driving, not riding. Actually, I did ride it uh, up that with the tour de Avenir last year, where they did a time trial from the very bottom of the climb, which is actually the bottom of the the climb that goes up to Mirabel, and then you you veer off the road to Mirabel, and then you get on this Col de Lows, and the Col de Lows. We can talk about this, but essentially the last 6k is a bike path and and like a lot of people say bike path but no this is like a legit bike path and in fact uh when we did it with avenir the belgian national team car stalled out on the climb because the climb was too steep and we're at and you're at altitude and it, it completely it completely stopped the race, like it stopped the entire caravan, and and we actually never really we, we got to see the finish, but barely. Um, anyway, so the Col de Lowe's is 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 gonna re- it, it could literally turn the tour upside down, and and I'm not gonna even say that lightly. It could tour the tour upside down in the last kilometer of this climb. Uh, you can see the top of the climb almost the from the last like five k. And in the last kilometer, this climb is so steep that you could a, a guy could lose a minute if, if
0: if somebody blows in the last kilometer, they could lose a minute uh in the last kilometer no problem and that's uh, up to twenty three hundred meters so that's gets that's might be the highest point in the tour this year just looking i'm not quite sure uh, the, the, the i think it's close i I think it's going to be very very close to the highest point in the tour it's one of the highest points
1: in all of continental europe and it is so what what they've done is they built this bike path that goes over the pass to Mirabelle, the the ski resort and goes down to the other ski resort which is on the other side um and then there's a road that circles back halfway up the mountain it's a regular road you know regular driving road uh and it goes to like the midway point on Mirabel again so they've created this kind of touristy uh, loop that you can do, and they in Mirabelle, they rent these electric mountain bikes. So that's
0: that's the only way most people can get up this climb. I, it it's absolutely phenomenal this climb. All right, that's that is awesome. So we'll be looking for that stage 17. I was just was putting up the the profile as we were talking there. Stage 17 up to Mirabelle. and yeah. I think they do the Madeleine uh, that same day. So that'll be oh, that'll my be god prior to that. So that that'll be quite the uh, quite quite the involved. Uh, stage there Uh, so what what's your impression of the the race in general then uh, as far as the route goes before we hit any teams well i think this is you know i'm gonna tell you that i love i have really i
1: have maybe enjoyed this cycling season with all of its hiccups more than any season because every day there's bike racing every day right and it's kind of like the NBA right now in the bubble, where it's it feels like a final. It feels like a a fi, an NCAA Final Four kind of a feel, where it's like every day there's games and you've got guys like knocking down winning shots with no time left. And you you as a fan, and that's what I would quantify myself as right now is as a fan. It's absolutely incredible to watch bike racing every day. I think you're seeing. Um, before the season start i said listen there this season is going to be fraught with sickness, injuries and then possibly a covid elimination because of the way the rules are right and and we've seen that we we've, we've seen riders go down and they don't have enough time to recover and then maybe they're going to do the tour, maybe they're not going to do the tour, someone else might have to come in at the last minute. so there's a lot of well for for you and for me it's a lot of excitement for the teams and for the riders it's a lot of stress so I think a lot of riders are going to go into the tour already under some kind of stress which is not what you want and then that stress is going to be twofold because some of the early stages are going to be very decisive and then after that it's just the stress of racing three weeks which none of these guys have raced three weeks in more than a year so yeah. it's it's just I mean you we could see some very very
0: high drama in this tour maybe some of the highest drama we've ever seen in a tour de France and then they've they've done like you said they don't have the time trial so that's going to compact it a little bit I do like how the climbing right away um, may. And I say I like, but I think it's maybe better for some of the, the big wigs where you're gonna eliminate some of these early riders right away because they just don't yeah. have the legs in them. And then what you do is you don't see them pushing at the, uh, at the start of a climb or being up there for the sprint finishes, the GC guys, which often is more dangerous. So it's already dangerous enough. So there's 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 that kind of aspect of it as well.
1: Yeah, no, there, I think you're gonna see a lot of really interesting dynamics over this tour of France. And, and I would... I would venture to say this might be the... I mean, last year we had a South American winner for the first time in Egan Bernal, but this tour is really wide open to see a domination of South American riders because INEOS, as we have seen over the last four or five days, they have loaded up on, on South American riders or at least riders who whose Spanish is their first language. And then you have some riders, exact for example from EF Education, uh, who have a good South American contingency, and then you have a team like Jumbo Visma that has riders from all different nationalities. You you know you've got Slovenians and and uh, Dutch guys and Danish guys, a German guy, another Danish guy, you know an American guy in in Sep. So there's really, I this might be one of the almost a throwback to the 80s and the Café de Colombia time. But more than anything, I mean, you're just going to see a wide range of nationalities uh, performing in the tour this year at a really,
0: really high level, really high level, I think. Yeah, let's go to some of the teams. Uh, great observation about the uh, the Café de Colombia time. You know, that was one of my, I always loved seeing the, uh, those riders. uh <laughs> Fabio Parra, and well, he was with Kelme. Yep. You know, just the little uh, Wilchel uh, Herrera, Pablo Wilches, or whatever those guys were, uh, fantastic writers. And you know, the Americans we had uh, us uh, we had uh, Raul Alcala for a while there, writing uh, for Seven Eleven, which was uh, pretty yeah. fantastic as well. Let's go to some yeah. of the teams. Who do you see as the biggest threat teams here? And obviously, we know that the two big ones. But let's go uh, walk through some of these other teams and just. From the the start, we'll just kind of walk through them and maybe give me your your, your top teams to watch for this year and then we go and start breaking down by different categories, you know, the, the GC guys and the sprinters. Okay, so my number
1: one team is of Visma because they have so many cards to play. Even if they lose Rolich for the tour, which I, I think right now is 50-50 because of his injuries, even if he's out, I still think they're the strongest team and they have the most cards to play. And... The thing that people have to remember about Jumbo Visma is that that team is a reincarnation of the Bank program. Right. Bank probably got rid of more good riders than they ever kept. So what I mean by that is that that organization with those directors, that most of those directors are from the, from, they, they were built internally through that team. These guys know how to win big races, and I still will stand by the fact that the Dutch cycling system is probably the best in the world if you look at it from top to bottom, from participation to elite-level racing. So Jumbo Visma is my number one team. I think Ineos is very close. I think they made a very brave statement in leaving out their two, uh, well, what would have been called like two of their best riders on paper, but clearly Thomas and Froome were not up to the level up to this point, which is, which goes back to our statement of what this cycling season has been all about. You, you guys have been exposed very early, yeah. and there was no time off, no time for them to like try to get it together. So their downward spiral, or at least Non upward spiral was very evident, and it was. I think that was a brave decision on Enios's part, but they the right decision, quite frankly. Before uh,
0: before we so, go, two two quick things on those two teams. So one is uh, Stephen Coryswick what gets put out, and obviously third place last year. He's a uh, podium in the Giro, uh, quite the, the the very good rider, and probably good support, if not some sort of a decoy for Jumbo. He's out. And it looks like they threw Bennett in, but they also got uh, Janssen, Armand, uh, Grondahl. So they put a bigger guy in there. What do you think about the fact that they, um, because you may need a bigger guy kind of helping you control when you have a team like that, that you're likely going to be in the yellow jersey at some time. What do you think of of that decision to kind of not bring like a toll hook as an example, another climber?
1: No, I think that was a smart decision. I think Groendal can he I mean that guy is a bit I mean all the the Danish guys are just beasts. Norwegians, Danish guys are just beasts. So, I think bringing him in to help Tony Martin control the early stages is is a really good move. And if Sam or sorry, if George Bennett, my bad, if George Bennett was not in that roster before, his results up to this point should have put him in anyway. Right, right, right.
0: But you know, so, sometimes they they're like, "Hey, we, we maybe we just put him in the Giro, or we, you know." But they're throwing everything. The tour is the be all end all, obviously. So
1: yeah, the the tour is everything for them, and I think they've gone all in, and I think they needed to put Bennett in there anyway because of how well he's riding, and he is. Listen, at the end of the day, if these guys decide to put all their cards on the table and play hardball and start putting guys in breakaways, it's oh, it's over because you can't. You can't chase a guy like Bennett all day and then have Damoulian go and then have to chase him. Like there's just not enough horsepower in the Peloton to do that. So all I gotta say is I I still, even if Rolich is out,
0: my money is still on on Jumbo Visma to to come through with the goods. Now what about Uh, else being losing out with Thomas and, and Froome only for the point of leadership and I don't think Thomas was ever really going to challenge this year. I got the feeling he's like, "Hey, I got my one. Uh, I know where my place is." And he would have been a, a you know fantastic road captain, what have you. They don't have Luke Rowe, so um, w- oh, sorry, they do have Luke Rowe. They um, uh, who was the other rider that was always big up there in the in the climbing for them that they got rid of? Um, big uh, guy. Well, um, they wow, they had Walpole, That's who it was. Yeah, he he
1: moved teams. Walpole went to the Bahrain McLaren team. They do have one young rider, Pavel Sivakov, who came up through the BMC under twenty three system, but he is a pure climber, like he's a pure Russian climber. So, I think their leadership is going to come from Kuyakowski, yeah. uh, who has always been a leader on that team, and very clearly has decided that he's going to be a support rider probably going forward. And that's, I think, for him, that's a that's a brave and very smart move. They have Van Barl up there. They have Sivakov in the mountains. Um, Castro Viejo is a beast yes. uh, on the flats. And listen, Carapaz won the Giro last year in a team that was fraught. at When he was a movie star, that was fraught with problems. He's now on a team that has full support. He's already won one impressive stage of the Dauphine this year. So... The and, and then you have Amador there also. So, I Bernal has for lack of a better term, he has this kind of South American mafia, which I think for him is actually really really good. Okay, um, he has some support there. He they have Kwiatkowski as a leader, Roe, uh, to kind of lead in the earlier part of the stages with Castro Viejo, and then Van Var- Van Barl, Sivakov, Carapaz, probably Amador and Bernal in the mountains. That's still. That's still a lot of guys in the mountains. And I still am of the mind, quite frankly, that Bernal is the best uh, pure climber in the bike race. So you don't see he, a he, conflict
0: with he and Carapaz as an example. I mean, personally, I don't see Carapaz having, he was slaughtered for the the Giro, I think early on. So I just don't think he's quite to the, the, the form he needs to be, but you don't see any kind of um, no, because Just I here. I don't I don't think I I think that team is
1: Ineos is run with a real strong hand, and I don't believe that Movie Star has run with as strong of a hand. You the problem with oh, Movie no. Star, the, the problem with Movie Star is for good or for bad, you have Valverde there. Right. So when Valverde is there, everything is for him. I I don't care what anybody says until he retires, it's all about Valverde. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that's a problem when you have a guy that's maybe not at his best anymore where everybody is looking at him to leadership or do whatever. And I, and Valverde just has never been a guy that's going to go out there and sacrifice for somebody else. So with Carapaz going
0: to Ineos, it's a better scenario for him. It's a way better scenario for him. Okay. Uh, we'll just go through these here. Uh, Bora Hansgraer, they don't really have anybody for GC. Uh, Schachman got injured. On, I guess he made the yeah. team anyway. Um but, um, well, they had Leonard Cam. Some of these guys can climb. Grosch, Grosch Routner, um Bachman. Book, yeah, I Bookman mean, is their guy. I mean, Bachman is their guy. He got hurt, and I, I, I'm kind of surprised to see that he made it back. So, good for him. But yeah. um, I'm looking at, hey, top 10, maybe an agitator of top five uh, for that team.
1: Yeah, I would probably put, I think Leonard Camden is going to surprise some people. Very young guy, very young rider. Um, but I think you're looking at Bookman probably for a top five GC and Camna, you know, maybe top 15, maybe top 10. If he if he catches lightning in a bottle, Mulberger will be floating around there. And then, of course, we have Peter for the end. But the, the great thing about having a guy like Peter for some of the harder stage, the, the, the sprinter stage, maybe not pure sprinter stages, but the, the transition stages is he doesn't need a lead out. And no. that takes a lot of that takes
0: a lot of pressure off your team when you have a, a sprinter like that that doesn't need to lead out. Right, and and a prime example team Jumbo, and I'm getting clogged up here on these three, but team Jumbo Visma decided early on, you know, they announced their team back in December, I think. Uh, no Gronenwagen. They're like, hey, not going to happen, even though you know he can he can win the stages. So uh, good point there. Um, AG2R, and what do you think of of their their team? I mean. They've got Roman Bardet as their main thing and then it's just a bunch of kind of climber guys. so uh, what do you think of there? Yeah,
1: yeah, so I think what's gonna happen with a g two r is if you look at the moves that a g two r has been doing over this over this transition period, I believe a g two r which is one of my favorite teams and probably I'm the only guy in the world that thinks their kid is the nicest kid
0: in the peloton, but which one uh, the AG2R. I love their kit. Oh, their kit. Gotcha. Yeah. I these are a kid. kid, and I'm like, oh, they're all like kids? Okay. No, no, no. no I, <laughs> I, do not, I do not dislike it. How's that?
1: <laughs> um, I think that they're in a transition. I think AG2R is transitioning right. to a little more of a classics team based on what uh, some of the moves that they made. But they're going to do what every French team is going to do at the Tour de France. They're going to go for stage wins. They're going to try to get one guy in in the top 10. And you're going to see them really, really, I think you're going to see them really, really active because part of this goes very near where their headquarters is in, in Grenoble. And they're just going to do what they always do, which is they're going to be very active during the stages. They'll probably get a couple stage wins out of it. But I think overall, I think that team is looking as a
0: transition to a very new program in 2021. Well, yeah, you saw some of the, the well, Bardet leaving and some of the other people that are coming on. Um we might take all day if we go through every team but there's still some of these I want to talk about. Uh to quick step, you had mentioned Alaphilippe maybe it being designed for him. He's had no indications at least that I've seen in the news that he's interested in this uh, as the overall. <laughs> so, but then he mentioned he said that all last last tour as well.
1: Yeah, I think he's very interested in this. Okay. I think he's extremely interested in this especially with no time trial, but I'm not he's not going to have any support in the mountains and if something happens and he does get the jersey, he's going to have his team is going to be able to
0: defend for a while, but then, then at some point they're just they're going to run out of firepower in the mountains. I mean, maybe um, maybe jungles could help, but they didn't bring like James Knox or some of these other guys that at least can go uphill. I mean, Asgreen can go up ish, but he, I mean he's not. It's you're right.
1: Yeah, but they have Sam Bennett and they have Morkov there, right. so
0: they're going to go for sprint stages right. because they have their best sprinter with their best lead out guy. Uh, Groupama FDJ.
1: Okay, so we here is where here is where it gets really interesting for me. Um, you've got Pinot, who is very clearly on good form. This team, I think, has made a dedicated effort to try to win the Tour de France. They were very cl- clearly they would have been on the podium last year if not for some very very bad luck. Right. Um, they, you've got you've got uh, Reichenbach, who is actually riding better than he has ridden in several years. He. I called him as one of my dark horses three or four years ago mm. and he, he's a little bit on better form right now. So I would look for him to be up there on those mountain stages where it's like down to 10 or 15 guys. He's going to probably still be there to help Pino. They've got a David Gadu one right. tour to Avenir. He's a very, very good climber. So he, I, th- I believe this might be his first tour to France. So he's going to be up there on the stages. So I, I look for FDJ to make some serious waves in the mountains and they're they're run by mark manio mark manio does not he does not hide his cards i mean this guy is gonna he's gonna want his guys going
0: full gas every single day to try to stir the pot and make something happen uh gadu was not at um and i don't know if all Reichenbach was either because they sure didn't show that they can defend like in the last day there. I mean, uh, Pinot was all by himself, looking a little frantic. So he, I, he may well. So this, my point is, this Tour de France team at least looks better than what you saw in the pre-up for the for the tour. So
1: eh. yeah, so Reichenbach is Swiss champ. So he has the Swiss champ. Uh, he has Swiss Champ clothing on. He doesn't have normal clothing. So sometimes he gets. He, sometimes I think people
0: think that he rides for um Kofidis. Yeah, well, but that makes doesn't. sense. And and no, because Kofidis doesn't get results. Um, yeah. <laughs> which we should talk about Kofidis. Let, let's I'm do gonna... it because you're right. I, I Guillaume Martin is, is a is a rider that's been sl- slowly and steadily coming up up. And this year he did pretty good on the Vantu uh, s- uh, little tour uh, pre tour one day race, and then uh, obviously at the Daphine as well. Yeah,
1: and I think I think Kofidis is going to do what they always do, which is they're going to they're going to go for a lot of stage wins. They have, I mean, Harada has actually been riding pretty well, and Kofidis is another team that is on an overhaul. They're on a complete team overhaul within that program. They've come a long way in a year. The question for me. Is going to be if Viviani is going to have the form to get up there in the sprints because we, up to this point Nada. we have we have not seen a lot of Viviani since the restart right. and that that concerns me. The team that we didn't talk about for GC, which we which I, we should have been talking about, was Astana. Well, let's do it. Um, okay, so Astana again, another team loaded with Spanish speaking riders. Um, I think that. Uh, I think uh, Lopez is going to have something to say. I think you've got the Izaguirre brothers there, uh, which I think those guys are really dangerous. And then you have the revelation in Lushenko, right. uh, who is also going to be very, very dangerous. Uh, and then they've got this Colombian rider, Tejeda, who was a very good under-23 rider. So yeah. I think they're not I, – I don't foresee Astana taking the reins and and – like trying to go out and get the lead and then hold it to the very end. I see them making it very, very difficult on whatever team has the Jersey
0: and then possibly working their way into a Jersey over time in the big mountain stages. Uh, interesting few little things. I think Sanchez just won the Spanish national championships. Uh, he did. Know, that and is so. correct. Uh, Lusenko, who won pre uh, the Tour La Provence. Uh, was that it? Where They, they ended up uh, Vantu. He really put it to everyone up there. Um, well, he didn't win. Um, Nairo did. But he won, I think, that overall. Uh, quite impressive. Or maybe Nairo did. Point is, he was he was riding really impressive. I'm kind of wondering, they didn't bring Vlasov, who's kind of come on all of a sudden. Maybe he's too young for a style? Well,
1: well i don't i you or know there's no saying weird... even for them right full saying i don't think ever really had a plan to do it but i i would i mean these preliminary lists are just that they're preliminary we haven't seen the final start list there's no guarantee that vlasov
0: will not be there with the way he's been riding. man we'll see what happens do you think we'll the, see what happens do you think though that these lists are more apt to be correct because of covid where they're um, like, uh, has an example, Hugo, uh, Hullet, I don't know how to pronounce it, but, um, he's a Canadian writer. He had tested positive I and mean, he thought he's out, but then it came back as a negative test. So he's cleared to go. Uh, and that's, that is, oh my God, that is the biggest, going to be the, I think the biggest thing in the tour this year, uh, are they going to actually hold to that rule because you're getting so many negative, uh, recently, um, you know, not a negative test coming back and yeah, it'd suck to have your whole team exit exit. And then find out. Oh, sorry, it was it wasn't right. Right, it's going to be very difficult, and I think they are going to hold to it unless unless it,
1: I mean literally unless it's like a writer like Pino and then maybe not,
0: <laughs> maybe not. That is, you know, and I, and I just keep coming back to the tour of California a few years ago, where you know v, uh, TJ Van Garderen has the mishap um, out through Morgan Hill, Morgan whatever it was, uh, and he's out five k from the finish, but they said we're good. And it's just, yeah, you know, things uh, that one worked out fine. in overall anyway, okay, uh, Mc, uh, Bahrain, we should talk about them real quick because Alanda yeah. obviously is, is there, uh, he, like you said, he has Wout poles with him. Uh, they're bringing Sonny Cabrelli. So, well, let's just assume these lists are correct. So they still brought their sprinters. So there's not a full on, um, climbing support team.
1: Yeah. So you've got, I think you've got a lot of guys that are possible stage winners here. You've got Bilbao, you've got Caruso, Cobrelli. Landa, Morich, Poles. Those guys all have a history of winning big stages. I don't think Landa can, can can go for the podium. I just don't think he's quite good enough. So you you have guys like Morich, though, that could win more than one stage. You guys... Yeah. I mean, Landa, if he's... I mean, Landa could win a stage if he's in the top 10, but not really a threat. So you have Poles who could do the same thing, win a stage if he's not really a threat. So I... My, my feeling
0: is that Bahrain is going to go and just try to win stages. I think that's what their team is built for. Um, maybe they're thinking that Landa always has a support of a team and it goes awry, so why bring support this time and see if it works out? Um, I- yeah. A quick thing, you know, there's always the conflict that he had had with his team. But uh, I was just thinking back to we were talking about Astana uh, and Lopez, a really good rider in the third week. He's always been really done well, Vuelta, Giro in the third week. So um, we'll see, you know, that team, maybe they'll be able to support him and he, he come on. So um, movie star and maybe UAE as uh, two other GC teams.
1: Yeah, so Movistar has just not done that no. much
0: this year. I'm really, I'm,
1: I'm, I gotta say, they went through a, an overhaul in their team this year. And, you know, Enrico Mas has, he was the one that was supposed to show up and be the leader, but I don't think he has the form right now. And I think, I actually think they're in kind of in trouble. Uh, I don't, I just don't see anybody there other than the traditional Valverde who's gonna be able to contend for sure for GC,
0: and they may actually have problems winning stages. Well, but they they do the Team GC thing, so we'll see how that, how that works out for them. Um, no, you're so right, and what's been great different this year is the, the, the Dauphiné and all these lead-up races to the Tour, they're closer to the Tour, so typically you have the Dauphiné, what, four weeks out maybe, and so yeah. you're like, okay, well, he's not quite on top level, but give him a month and he'll probably be just right on form. I mean, you can't really say that right now when Valverde no. is getting kicked out. I mean, there was a, was it Burgos, one of those where he was second place over the top of the climb uh, for a finish. And you're like, oh, the old man's back at it. But uh, other than that, it hasn't really been much.
1: Yeah, he hasn't done much since then. So I, I don't. And then with UAE, again, you know, you have Pogacar very, and he's got some support in the mountains. Although Aru has not really shown up this year. Formolo has been off the right. chain right. as we've seen. So again, I think, i think you have a lot of guys there that can win stages as much as i like alexander kristoff um i knew him as a, his first two years of bmc i was a director there as much as i like alex i just don't think he has it anymore to win sprint stages um uh, so i don't know i i just i see pojakar probably on the podium and outside of that i don't see a lot happening for them
0: Okay. Uh, we do have to mention a few other ones here. EF uh, education first, Pro Cycling, and Mitchelton Scott.
1: Okay, so EF, I think really interesting team. First of all, we have Nielsen Palace, who's from here in Sacramento, Roseville to be exact. First tour to France. He actually texted me this morning that he's he's on his way to Nice or he's in Nice right now, so he's pretty pumped. They've got they've got, you know, they've got Higuita and they've got Uran definitely, and Martinez. Right. So definitely guys are going to say something in the final. So I definitely see them at least one of their Colombian guys in the top
0: five GC. And I see at least one stage win from those guys. I mean, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, if they're everyone is on. But I I mean, they haven't been because TJ hasn't been anywhere. I haven't really seen Nelson even uh, racing before this. Hugh Car, I mean, you you look at this and you go, Hugh Carthy. I mean, what was he tenth uh, in the Giro? He does well. Higuita, Kuklare, uh, Alberto Bettyall. I mean, that kind of is a great team. What you would expect. The one that's kind of a surprise that I heard today. Well, well you can see here, Mike Woods left off. What do you think of that? Yeah, is that, is that, that due s- to him leaving next year?
1: Yeah, I think so. And that's really disappointing because I don't. I think especially this year, more than any year, I think if you're going to play that game as a team manager, that's re- that's really difficult. Because I mean, guys are just de- they're looking for opportunities, and I don't know. I I don't I don't agree with leaving Woods off that off this list. The guy has p- clearly proven that he's back to full strength after his crash last year, and I mean he deserves to be there. But maybe maybe he'll get more opportunities at the Giro or the Vuelta, and maybe at the end of the day, it'll work out better for him.
0: Right. I mean, I I'd like to see TJ there, but I almost think Woods would be the the slot to the person to slot in for him instead. Any other teams that you're looking at for uh, like strong GC team? I mean, some of these um, is I think you, I think you gotta, I think you gotta look a little bit at Trek
1: Segafredo.
0: I mean, I'm I'm
1: not, I'm not gonna say, I mean, listen, I don't think Richie Port can win the tour anymore. I'm not even totally convinced that he can be in the top five, but what you have is you have uh, Baca Momola, you have Port and you have Elizon. So you have three guys that can ride in the mountains. You've got Toons, uh and the Danish guy, I believe, uh, and even Tom's who can ride and Mads. So you have like four guys that can win in the transition stages. So again, what with Trek Segafredo, I'm looking one, maybe two stage wins, and probably Port or Moloma top ten GC, if not both. So for them,
0: I think that's a pretty successful Tour de to France quite frankly. I, I totally agree. I, I think you can see both of those or one of those guys pop in the top five because you've seen so far this year, um, both of them have been riding. Port, especially, has been uh, you know, more consistent than a lot of guys on the board for some of these races. He's been able to stay up there fine. And uh, Baca didn't do too bad at Lombardia. So um, same for him. All right, let's, let's take... Any, any other teams you're missing as far as just like big teams we expect like for GC teams, right? We'll talk about GC riders in general, but uh, any of the other teams that just throw anything out at you that, I mean, NTT, we don't really see much of them anymore. Um, no. Sunweb, and, uh, uh, Matthew's just won today. So uh, he's gone for him at least, but I'll see that yeah, they have got, anybody for overall.
1: No, no GC riders. They usually have a really young team and they have some sprinters in there. So I don't see much from them. B&B hotels, I mean they're going to go they're going to do they're going to be like the reincarnated uh Cofidis. They're going to be in the breakaway every day and then Cokiard will try to make his way at the finish and
0: try to get a stage win in the sprint stages. And you may see uh Pierre Rolland taking some long shot attempts in the mountains so.
1: Yeah, probably that'll probably happen. I mean again, I think b Hotels is going ro- is going to roll that that um dice of they just want to be on
0: TV a whole bunch. And I think you're going to see them on TV a whole bunch. All right, let's talk about sprinters. Um, okay, and kind of the ones. I, I just pulling this off off of uh, cycling, um, pro cycling stats. I mean, there's obviously there's uh, it, it ranks them here. So this doesn't necessarily mean this is the be all end all top sprinters. But um, we can least take a look. Uh, did you see many sprint stages? I mean, I'm looking at obviously Paris, but maybe and there's another one in there that's like pan flat. Um, but other than that, there, there's maybe two maybe four, maybe five sprint stages at the most. At least yeah, that's not, not much.
1: Not much for sure. Not much for those guys to choose from. So I think, I think what you're going to have is I, I think this is going to continue the trend that we're seeing in 2020, which is you're going to see a lot of guys taking a lot of risk and you're going to see, I hate to say it, but I think you're going to see some possibly some horrific crashes because I just think a lot of guys are going to have to put it all out there. They're not going to have the teams to support them. The sprinters, most, most of these sprinters are going to have maybe one lead out guy. And then the, you're going to have these guys that are going to kind of come from nowhere. Like, you know, team some web, for example, like they have Bull C's or cease bowl. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Um, I mean, he's huge. That guy's huge. He's right. like six foot three. You know, I mean, they have these guys these guys are gonna to have to get something out of this tour So I think you're gonna see a lot of risk-taking at
0: the end of the sprint stages. So Grona not here um, I don't is Gaviria in the tour. No,
1: I don't believe Gaveria Gaviria is here either. He's no. not
0: there uh, Cavendish didn't make the team which is no surprise But just one less kind of big name going at him uh, top ones We're listing here and then we'll just kind of look at, maybe we talk about this We just talked about the teams or let's talk about the support for each one of them Sam Bennett He's won some already this year. Um, he's looked pretty good. Um, quick step. I mean, they always support the riders, and as we mentioned, maybe not the best team for Ala Philippe. So you're looking at um, Sam Bennett as maybe uh, the best bet for multiple wins, if possible. He's got the best lead out. So he's got Morkov, he's got Jungles, Morikov,
1: and Asgreen at the very least. Probably you're going to also enter Stebar in that lead out and, and probably DeClercq. And probably Devian's. I mean, he literally could have yeah. five lead out guys. He could have five lead
0: out guys in the last 5K, which if he has that, there's a really good chance he could win multiple stages. Right, because he's, he's no slouch at getting in the right position, pushing himself around. No. He has no problem with that. And you, you don't yeah. see Quick Step having like uh, any conflict. They know who their guy is, and Sam Bennett knows how to stand. on. Uh, Nozzolo, uh, Giacomo Nozzolo, he just won, the, I think, the Italian Road Championship, so he's coming up for him. I think he won a stage earlier this year as well. Um, I don't know that NTT has a team to support him on this, um, but a lot of times it's like you have that one big train and everyone else tries to jump on board
1: yeah he has one or two guys. like he's gonna have you know, Bosenhagen, Hagen and he's gonna have Gogol maybe. And then I think that's a uh, Volgren, not you know, maybe for a little bit, but for the most part, i I mean, he falls in this category of Nizolo falls in this category of like Saigon, where he's just gonna be looking out for himself, uh, and he's gonna be jumping trains and trying to get himself in there. I think the same. Is going to happen at Middleton Scott because you know they have like a couple guys in there that can sprint kind of okay. You have a guy like Daryl Impey, which if all the sprinters get dropped, he's probably the fastest guy. He's probably the next fastest guy. So you know you have you, and then Israel Nation actually has some guys that are in there pretty fast. Uh-huh. So they got Hofstetter, who's a very good sprinter when it goes up. Like if it's a really difficult sprint, they've got. um Van Asbroek, yeah, Van Asbroek, who's all—he's probably their fastest guy. So you know, you've got one or two guys in there that are going to be looking for wheels. And then with Lotto Sudal, who up until like three days ago, I wasn't even sure that
0: they were racing this year. <laughs> like I, I was like, are those right. guys even racing? They were doing the but, EF thing where they're like, wait until the protocols are all all good here.
1: Yeah, but you've got Caleb in there. But you know, Caleb is going to have like Kolb and maybe. I mean, that's about it. And he really... I mean, Caleb kind of needs a lead out. So, I don't know. I don't really know what Lada Sudal is going to really do. I mean, Caleb could certainly... yeah. I mean, he's a he's really, really small guy. So, if he gets the right wheel, he certainly could come around. But they just... I don't know, man. They just been a really unimpressive
0: team this year. It's been really disappointing. I, I agree. Um, I will say though, about Caleb watching him, there were times where he has a perfect lead out and it, and it works for him. And other times where he needs one guy to yeah. get him on the train of the right spot. And when he's committed and he's in that spot, he's, he's full gung and you got to watch for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he said, though, not many chances, uh, talked about Sagan was there. Ilya Vigliani. We don't really know what, what's going on with him. Um, there was one other person that I saw with um, Mitcherton Scott was Luca Mezgic. That might be their guy. And then you have, since there's so many of these stages that look like they're not quite sprinters, Um, you know, Wout Poles, Sagan, uh, Daryl Impey, uh, Michael Matthews, um, uh, um, who's uh, the, the the gold medalist guy that um, your buddy? Ben Avermet. I mean, these are some of the, the other guys. Kind of, and let's talk about that then. So you have this, and if, if there's not a lot of big sprinting stages, the green jersey might be going to someone else. Is Wout even going to think about that, or do you think it's back up to Sagan and maybe Matthews type this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, the way that guy is riding right now, I could, I mean, I could. <laughs> I mean, I could see him. I could see him just kind of like f- not falling into it. But the guy, the guy's riding tempo at the end of giant mountain I stages. I mean, Saigon. If Saigon really wants to get it back, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to go in some breakaways, and he's gonna have to get. He's gonna try to have to steal some points. But the problem is, is that like it just depends on where Lotto Visma is, because if if. If Jumbo Visma is up there and they have the GC, then clearly they won't let Van Aert go up the road. But if they don't have the jersey, then he can match Saigon, move for move, and and basically beat him in the sprint. And and trust me, man, I'm a huge Saigon fan. I don't I don't say that lightly. But at the end of the day, I mean Saigon has gotten to this point where there's other guys out there that can do the same thing that he can do, and maybe even a little bit better right now. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I could see, I, I think it's going to go to somebody that we're not, that's not going to be a pure sprinter for sure. Because I actually think that the green Jersey has been less about a sprinter's Jersey. And it's
0: more about guys that are just more well-rounded than just being just flat out fast. Oh, uh, completely. And, and I mean, that's why uh, Peter Sagan has been winning this. What about yeah. his, his season so far this year, though? We haven't seen him really yeah. touch the the front. Very strange, very strange season. I mean, I'm, I'm, I
1: think his, I'm not totally sure, but I think his contract is up at the end of this year. That's correct. And I think that those guys have some really tough decisions to make because I mean, listen, the guy's a three-time world champ. You have to pay that guy. I don't care how old he is. So at the end of the day, like, I don't know if they're going to have the money to pay him and then build their team to be something different. So I think they're going to have a very tough decision at the end of the year. And I think for him, I think he's just, I mean, you know, almost any team at this point would take that guy. So, you know, I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in there, in that team this year. Cause at the tour, at least because, you know, maybe he's going to use the tour to get into shape and then go to the Giro and go to the Vuelta and try to do something hey, there. But on. it's hard to say. And then of course we have, the team we didn't really talk about was ccc yeah in my opinion quite frankly i think those guys are all riding to find jobs somewhere else yeah so that's, that's kind of sad in a way it is very sad in a way it's a very it's not a good situation no so i mean they don't really have leadership there they don't have a gc guy it's like i don't really i don't really know what they're going to do quite frankly
0: right so let's go to uh maybe the uh the top gc competitors here and okay. with that, there's also, look, there's, there's a few competitions, right? There's young rider, and that's probably going to be a breakdown between Pogo car, Bernal, depending on, on which one kind of is the more stellar. Uh, it's gotta be tough, right? Your Pogo car, maybe you're hoping for a top five. It'd normally get you the white. I think that happened to TJ a few years ago, um, yep. but Bernal, he's going to end up with, with it, with the top of the spot as well. What do you think about with the, um, the the K.O., the Climbers jersey, the K.O.M. I mean, it's Ooh. it's kind of the polka dot. It, and I don't mean, like, who's your pick? It's like, um, is it I used to love seeing that when I was younger. It's like the super climbers, but it seems like lately it's not been just as much the super climber. And, and do you care about this jersey? Is it something important to the riders, do you know?
1: No, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I think it's the best-looking jersey in a right. Peloton, me personally, especially when they have, like, the whole kit rolling. I right. think it looks really good, but... I don't know. I think it's, I think that competition is going to be wide open, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to have some very early decisive stages, like mountain stages very early on, which are going to seed that, that competition very quickly. So it's going to be hard because I think there's going to be GC guys that are going to end up with that Jersey just kind of by default. And then at some point along the line, those guys are going to decide, okay, well I can't finish on the podium. So I'm just going to, I'm just gonna lock down the climber's jersey. So I think, but I think it could be really competitive down to the bitter end, because there's like 12 guys in the race that could win it.
0: Right, so that, that'll that be kind of cool. Um, I could see someone like, you know, Shackman uh, going for that kind of thing. So here's yeah. kind of the, um, the breakdown uh, from pro cycling stats. You say, hey, top, top GC riders, and they give a breakdown, I and mean, that is all on points. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Pogacar comes out on top. Um, and whereas and we can just kind of use this as a, as a, a thing, it, but what kind of, I want to mention real quick here. Some of the writers I'm seeing Chavez as an example, Adam Yates, as an example, Michigan and Scott's basically said, we're coming in. Uh, we're not even going for GC. We're coming in strictly for stages only. What do you think of a uh, Michigan Scott and their reasoning for that? I mean, um, one uh, is it, Adam is going to Ineos next year and Simon is, I think, staying. Um, I think that's what it is.
1: Yes, I believe that's what it is. And I think I think they don't really have a choice. I mean, you can there's a lot of work and a lot of and a lot of resources that go into the Tour de France and I just I think at some point you do have to choose what you're going to do and I think if you don't have a realistic shot at winning the GC or being on the podium, then I think you have to go to first stage wins and I think that it's I think it's actually better for the riders if you come out right away and just say, listen, we're going for stage wins. Yeah, good point. You guys have a ton of freedom. You guys can race every single day. You can, if you need a day to go in the groupetto, you can do that. But at the end of the day, if you just let those guys know what the plan is right away, that way they can wrap their head around it and they can be ready to go. And I think you end up being more successful that way. And that was what, that was what uh, Columbia used to do. Uh, you know, high road used to do that. They would come out and just say, Hey, listen, we're going for stage wins and they would always be really successful doing that.
0: Yeah. Right. So what's interesting about the way that they categorize this here on this page is uh Bernal is down at 25th. So obviously not, not going. So let's walk through some of the main GC guys and who you think is going to end up coming out. You I mean, we kind of mentioned those already, but uh, let's start with the, just the defending champ. Uh, Egon Bernal. He's obviously got a good, very good team with him. And I don't think if Froome and, and Thomas were like informed what they used to be, it would be more detrimental. And maybe it's better that they don't have all this confusion there. What do you think his chances are of a repeat? I think, I think it's very high. I think for sure he's got a podium, probably
1: does not finish out of the top two.
0: Right. So that t- final time trial, who do you think, I mean, I, I think it, it doesn't hurt him. He's a decent time trial. I think if everyone's in their peak, that one goes the edge to like a Roglic who can just flat out time trial and then flat out climb or maybe even like a Dumoulin. But um Bernal's not um, bad at what that, that job is either. So I think he's going to be right there. Yeah, I think okay. he's going to be right there. Uh, for sure. Pogacar, you mentioned uh, you, you figured him on the top. What do you think? Uh, he was so impressive to me coming out the last... Uh, Week of uh, the Vuelta last year, the only one really able to to push and to have uh, put any pressure on Roglic, um, he was ended up dropping uh, uh, Lopez as an example. Uh, what do you think his options or his outlook is for this? So this is going to be very interesting because he and Roglic are from the same country.
1: Right. They 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 have. I mean, Roglic has shown that he's willing to let Pojakar win stages as long as it doesn't affect his GC, like his winning the race. So what I see is I see Pojakar going into some of these mountain stages at the end when it's down to the bitter end and where you have only three or four guys left. And I see him putting a lot of pressure on these guys that also want a podium spot because they're going to have to, if they chase Pojakar, That means that they're going to pull Rolich and then the way Rolich is going, assuming that he's in the race, he's probably going to go over the top of him anyway. So I see Pojakar like chipping away
0: and ending up on the podium almost for sure. Uh, yeah, he's he's an impressive one coming up as well. So Roglic, we just mentioned him. Uh, obviously, a very strong team. I think I, it was exceptional to watch in Burgos when Bennett George Bennett was trying to to do well and how well Sep Cus was. There was a day there where he just sat up, and you're like, I think he can win this. And then his performance uh, in uh, the Dauphiné was. Uh, over the top, it was so impressive. You've got Wout on the front, you've got Dumoulin, you've got Croyswick and Roglic, and they're waiting for this little American to be the last guy in that chain. It was uh, it was pretty impressive, you know, for support. What do you think Roglic's chance are here? Uh, assuming one that he's healthy, and then two, I don't know if you know anything about his health about that.
1: Um, I don't. The only update is that they say it's fifty fifty. Mm. I think if he comes to the tour, I think if he comes to the tour and he's in even remotely decent form, I think he's the favorite. Because he's got not because he, he himself is the favorite, but because he's got the strongest team, and I think he's a
0: guaranteed podium spot. So, question on that, uh, there's been a lot of things written that he's just coming in too hot <clears throat> for the tour. Uh, look how he failed in the Giro last year. And my take on that is that once again, this is two, only two weeks into the uh, before the tour. Uh, second is he really hasn't ra- I don't think he raced before the lockdown So coming out of that in Last year before the Giro he'd raced a ton What do you think his um, pre-form coming in is, is there anything to read into that Like too much, too soon um, You know, Someone's going to ride them, themselves in What's your idea of as a coach um, Being just two weeks before the tour And how these guys are Or is it already, the, the plan's already set in motion
1: No, I think this guy is so talented And so strong <clears throat> That he is going to I think he's going to be fine I mean, if it if it was the Dauphiné of old and he was doing that, and there was four weeks out, I'd be like, eh, maybe he's not going to be so good in week three. But the way that it it played out this year, I think he did the work he needed to do over the lockdown, and I think he's I I think he's literally the strongest guy, like the physically the strongest guy in the bike race. And I just think the way he rides and with the team that he has. So again, you look at Ineos. And Bernal has South American riders with him, so those riders they ride a certain style, right? So Roglic, he has the exact same thing at a lot of at, at Jumbo Visma. He has a bunch of riders there that ride the same style, like they're they ride bigger gears. Seth is the only one that's kind of the outlier. Yeah, but but the thing is, they have a bunch of guys there that ride really big gears, and they don't. They're not twitchy they're not they don't accelerate really fast you got like Demolien that guy like he you've seen it in the past the guy rides this this really high very steady tempo and that's what Roguish needs and i think he's just got a team that's <clears throat> loaded with those kind of guys
0: so i think for him it just works it, things are just lining up just really really well i think it was uh, maybe stage 3 it was one of those on the the Daphne where um you're exactly you're right someone would would be attacking even Bernal had been attacking and um sep was you know he's so springy he's able to just jump up to them and then kind of allow Roglitch to get to him it was a different you know sometimes i don't know if that's good or bad maybe you can say because you like the the slower stuff but um in one aspect it was uh sep making sure that this move is not getting away without our guy either so that's it's always right. good to maybe have that combo in there
1: the thing you got to remember about
0: sep is so
1: sep most people don't know this sep Uh, comes from a family of endurance athletes. His dad is one of the best ski coaches in the world, Nordic coaches. Mm. So this, this guy has been around endurance athletics his entire life. So he is, he understands, like he understands the different, I I, I'm trying to explain it. Like he understands the different dynamics of endurance athletes. And he's very, uh, he's very coachable. I mean his dad's a coach. Yeah. Like he's a very coachable kid. He's low, he's on a team that's loaded with really experienced guys. I I'm almost assured that Seth is in those team meetings and he his ears are wide open and he's they're saying we need you to do this and this and this, and that is what he's gonna do and how he's gonna do it. And so when you have yes, his skill set is just slightly different, but at the end of the day, of all almost every guy in the bike race, he's probably one of the most coachable guys out there. So for me, that's what makes a difference. That, that's cool. that he, he, you know, he's not afraid to listen and he
0: understands the value of knowledge. He understands the value of knowledge. So with that, 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 that's just, and then we'll go to the, the next thing about it. Um, what I, I was impressed with Roglic last year, goes into the Giro, had some problems, really had a team that got decimated. I think Hessink didn't make it. Um, there was another, uh, Lord Lons-Suplu uh, ended up uh, getting sick right away. Sep wasn't the Sep we know, but then he goes to the Vuelta and just changes everything, and it's a learning process. And when you can see that, much like Bernal, I mean, he's... It's, you know, some of these younger guys, their their ability to adapt has been pretty impressive. Speaking of young guys adapting, you've got two here, Sergio Higuita, uh, Danny Martinez um, for EF Education first, but they also have Rigoberto Uran. What do you think that dynamic for that team and, and who's going to be that leader and what their prospects are? Well, I th- again, I, I think we said this earlier. I
1: think that that combo of guys is really, really effective. So you've got you've got Rigoberto who's the the veteran guy. You've got two younger guys who who may in fact be stronger than him. It's hard to say. But you have but again, I think these guys have learned and I think these guys have learned that Rigoberto has the knowledge that they need to be successful. They seem to be on the same page and that I think is going to be key. So I I really I think you're going to get to a point where Somewhere in this tour, you're going to see those three EF Education Colombian guys together. And I mean, listen, they're they're Colombian. They're going to look out for each other. And at the end of the day, I think that that combo could be really, really dangerous from from a, for, really from every aspect. I mean, even if they ended up in the Jersey, I mean, that's that wouldn't be a
0: horrible thing. I right. think they would be. I think they really would be okay. I think they would be okay to go all the way to the finish that way. Do you think Tom Dumoulin has a, a shot this year, or is he going to be resigned to uh, team duties? No, you know, the, this is the thing about Dumoulin. I, I think
1: he's playing it the way he wants to play it. I think there's not like, okay, he, he's listed as a team leader, but let's be honest. We, we know the role which is the team leader. So at the end of the day, I think for, for Dumoulin, it's good that he doesn't have all the press in his face. I think it's good that he's the guy that like maybe he's calling the shots behind the scene although there's no guarantee but maybe but I think ultimately this is a good scenario for him because he's not going to be asked the tough questions every single day and if he has a bad day people are just going to be like oh well you know they're going to move on from it they're not going to they're not going to grill him on it they're not going to like put it in his face and I and I think he's in a really good scenario here that's it's just
0: another layer of while I think Jumbo Visma is the team to beat. I I, I fully agree. Uh, you want to take a swipe at you? Who your top two, three, one uh, is? Uh, if I'll, I'll do mine first, if you won't mind, uh, Roglic. I think he's going to win it. I think Pogacar is actually going to come in second with uh, Bernal third, and I think you're going to get a Martin somewhere up there in fifth place. And Danny Martinez is my my thought for one of those top five as well I just Iran doesn't seem to be you just can't ride yourself in you should have been closer up in the Daphne and then sixth place is gonna be Richie Port always knocking never quite there (laughs) okay so
1: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go assuming he's gonna do it I'm going Roglic I'm going Bernal Um, I'm actually gonna go with Pino because I think he's gonna I think he's gonna want it so bad he's gonna literally ride himself uh, into the grave I don't that's a but that's a horrible way to say it. But no, I understand. I, I think he's going to ride himself until he just can't ride anymore. And then I think you're going to see one of the EF guys up there. I, I do think it's going to probably be either Higuita or it's going to be Martinez. My choice is probably of those two guys, it's going to be Higuita. I think Higuita is a little more experienced. He's a little more developed. And ultimately,
0: I I really do think that those three Colombian guys are going to work together to make it happen. You, you know he won the Tour Colombia i think Higuita did with uh, I think uh, Hernandez was second but he got hurt in the, the Dafina i don't know how much uh that is, he's going to be affected you know a lot of these guys so i'm not sure um but yeah i think that's a great pick so we're both going with Roglic is that what i heard yeah i think so right. i think so uh, any other last comments before we uh, put this out and then everyone can enjoy the tour coming up any last comments about what you want to see about the tour or anything uh um, oh, um, so I'm going to have the video you sent me uh the Lowe's. Is that what it is? Yeah. Cold to Lowe's. Okay. Which you mentioned, and I will put it out at some point before the tour Mention it. And it's uh, maybe I'll put it out. Maybe have to fast speed it a little bit because there's, it's like 40 <laughs> minutes, 40 minutes of driving in a car. I don't want people to get sick. Any last <laughs> no, uh, no. comments?
1: Uh, I just think it's going to be a really good tour. I mean, I think that we've, you know, we, especially in this area, we've been dealing with a lot of negative things. And I think that the, that sports in its current form and fashion has actually been really enjoyable i'm not i'm not saying that cycling should go to this full time because it's a really difficult very stressful (laughs) scenario but at the at the end of the day i it's very exciting and i think the tour is going to be very exciting and i think that every i literally think that almost every day there's going to be some kind of high drama whether it's a guy gets sick he gets a COVID positive test he crashes or he or he has a really successful day those are all negative things but i think i think that some guys are gonna are gonna find lightning in a bottle and they're just gonna they're just gonna ride that wave and and it and and guys like that it could be really dangerous because if a guy is just flying and he gets some confidence and it's like it's all compact i mean
0: it's gonna be incredible i think it's gonna be really really good tour Right, and we've all been waiting for it. So, the, like you said earlier, the, the cycling is so compact right now. There's racing every day. You know, what's the best part about it though is you're not watching a race where you're like, oh, you know, just some a bunch of you know third string guys. I mean, top guys are riding because yeah. they're they're all ready to go, and so it's just been right. a slugfest and it's great. Hey, any, anybody you've got coming up on your interviews from the Gruppetto? I'm, I'm assuming you're still doing your podcast.
1: Yeah, we, we, I've taken a little break. I'm trying to, I'm trying to dial a few things in. nobody on, nobody on tap right now, but, uh, we're going to, I'm going to try to share this through that so we can Good. get some people out there, but yeah, we're, I'm working on a few things. I'm reorganizing a little bit, but it's, uh, it's been, it's been busy. I mean, in a weird way, it's been busy, I think for everybody just trying to you you have kids i
0: have a kid and everybody with kids out there i just want to say god bless you (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, (laughs) yes uh, we've got one new freshman and he's having trouble so i'll just say that
1: yeah well i have a 13 year old that's in eighth grade
0: so for all those people out there that have teenagers or preteens I I feel your pain. Right. Well, get him get him into the get him into the tour maybe, and they can start watching that. So, hey, Mike, yeah. thank you very much. Episode one ninety. Um, yeah, I will send you the the audio. You can share it on your side without all this production here that we normally have. So, uh, appreciate yeah. it. Um, thank you, and uh, be well, and we'll see you out on the road. Okay. Cool, man. Thanks.